You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about what happens if your team is stuck in a losing streak um, and we just can't figure out how to get wins, how to win some tournaments or win some games. Or maybe your team is okay in practice, but when it comes to a game, uh, all of a sudden things start going horribly wrong and it results in, again, not winning. So we're going to tackle all of these uh, interesting topics on today's episode. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 39 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, you know, we're, the weather's getting nicer. Well, out here in Canada, that is where I am. Um, and I mean, I think it should be getting nicer around the world because most of the world is going into the springtime, the spring season. And today we have a great episode for you. Um, But before we get into the episode, uh, I just want to thank everyone, all the coaches that uh, signed up for my volleyball workshop last week. Uh, It was such a great workshop. I had a lot of great feedback. Um, I ran it, you know, back in October and I ran it again uh, last week. And we, we were talking about efficiency, you know, how to become a more efficient coach. And the workshop was just showing you how you can make your practices more efficient how you can make your game planning more efficient and just overall tryouts more efficient and your program. And efficiency is one of those things that as a coach, I'm always trying to get better at. It's one of my goals at the beginning of every year and at the end of every season to always improve in my efficiency. Because when you become more efficient in terms of coaching, um, everything just gets a lot more simpler. Your the wins end up being you know a lot less dragging. It's just the the team cohesiveness, the flow of your team becomes more better, and you have a you have a much better vision of you know where you are now, where you need to be. So, uh, anyways, if you did show up for my workshop, you know thank you. Um, I'm happy you guys came out. I hope you learned something, and I had a lot of fun interacting with everybody um, over the workshop. And we also. Um, open doors to Digital Volleyball Academy, which is my signature membership, where I get to help coaches all around the world grow and really give them, you know, kind of like, you know, show them the vision of where they can be, help them uh, with their teams and whatever specific problems they're going through. And then also they get access to, to me, you know, they get access to me as a mentor and access to all my resources and my coaches and all that fun stuff. So, uh, I'm excited to be able to welcome the new cohort, the new group of coaches inside the membership, uh, and I can't wait to get to work with you guys. So if you're, if anyone of you are listening, um, if you haven't reached out to me, reach out and say hello. Uh, make sure you message in the in the community, the the DVA community, and say hello. And we can't wait to you know jump on a coaching call and get to work with you and and really dial into your volleyball journey as a coach and how we can help you grow and your team grow. All right. Um. So doors are currently closed. So if you did miss. The opportunity to join Digital Volleyball Academy. If you're a coach and you really just, you know what, you miss the opportunity, you can't wait to join the academy in the future, you want to get that mentorship for you as a coach, you want to grow as a coach, you want to help your team, you want to, you know, fast track your growth in terms of not wasting time Googling and YouTubing and doing all those unnecessary things when you can just 
find the answers inside our community. Uh, sign up for the waitlist. Go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Okay, digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Sign up for the waitlist. And when we open doors again, uh, you will definitely be notified and you could get in and welcome and join a group of amazing coaches all around the world. We have, in DVA, we have such a great group of coaches. And it's crazy because, you know, one thing about the online world is, it doesn't matter where you are, you could be a part of the community, right? I, we have coaches like in Australia, we have coaches in Germany, Belgium, all over Europe, really, and all over the United States and uh, in Canada and yeah, a lot of a lot of South America as well. So yeah, really exciting, really exciting stuff. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Um, so this episode, uh, there was a question I posted on my Instagram story, a few, uh, I can't remember how long ago, weeks back, about you know topics to talk about, and one coach. Uh, reached out and was was really struggling with uh, his women's volleyball team. So uh, he said that you know they they do really good in practice, but for some reason when it comes to a game, it just it just doesn't work. Um, you know, and it's 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 one of those things that I feel like a lot of coaches uh, deal with, right? Players on teams deal with this as well, where you know everything in in practice is great. You know, you're serving as well, you're passing as well. But the minute you enter a match, it's like two different teams. All of a sudden, things go away. So the first thing I want you to understand, and I've actually talked about this in the past, is that practice and games are two different things. Coaches, we need to understand that. Practice okay, practice and games are two different things. Pra- you could be the greatest person in practice. That doesn't mean you're going to be the greatest person in the game. Because in a game, there's so much more on the line. It's a completely different environment for the players. You know, there's fans, maybe there's an announcer, maybe there's parents, and a bu- maybe there's a bunch of other games going on if you're in a tournament, and there's whistles going, and there's a lot of screaming, and it's a loud environment. Not to mention that it counts, you know, your, your record counts, your scores count, it's being counted towards your ranking in some way, you know, shape or form, whether it's that tournament or, in, or in the overall grand scheme of things, you know, there was a lot on the line, there's pressure, and not just from pressure from the other team in the game, but there's pressure from the fans, maybe scouts are there, maybe parents are, you have pressure from the parents, like there's so much more involved in a game than there is in practice. So that's the first takeaway you have to understand. So the next question I always get is, well, how do I how do I create that type of environment in practice? And it's very difficult. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's very difficult. The only way you, you experience experience is what they need. That's the only way their game performance is going to be better. The more they are familiar with that environment, the more they get acclimated to it, the more they get used to it. You know, that's how they're gonna get better with that environment. So you got to understand the two different things. Now we can, we can have, we can do a lot of different things to, to mimic game situations. Um, but you know, this is just something that you have to understand. I'm going to get back to this point. Okay. But I just want to, you understand there are two different things, but I want to take it a step back. Okay. Because I want to take it a step back before we even start the season, right? That's, that's important before we even start the season, because when we start the season, it's, I don't want to say it's almost too late, but we have to maximize the team's ability to perform and practice before actual matches start that count, okay? So normally, and I mean, I don't know wherever you are around the world listening to this. I don't know how long your preseason is, but uh, I'll tell you how I, how I know that normally you have your tryouts, 
you make your team, and normally you have a month before your first big tournament. Normally, right? Sometimes you may have even two months or like six weeks before your first tournament that counts. Now, what you do in those four to six weeks, even if it's three weeks, that is crucial. That is how you can minimize the difference between practices and games. You can minimize that gap uh, for your specific team. So it all starts with preseason. Preseason is a season in its own. It's its own season, and you need to treat it that way. It's your warm-up season, right? It doesn't necessarily count, but it provides you with that game experience that they're going to get. Uh, and and that, that's great. That's, that's good enough to get a good start. So preseason, now I'll, I'll give you kind of, like I'm not going to go through my entire preseason because that could be an episode by itself. But, you know, on our team, and I did this when I coached club too, is we go away, before, as soon as the team is made, we go away for a training camp. A training camp, meaning it's just the team and the coaches. We train for, we go away, we go away for three days. We train for three days. And in those three days, there's a combination of skill training, team building, um, a lot of coaches presentations, uh, some team excursions and outings and dinners and stuff like that. But it's a significant opportunity for the team to get to know each other, get to understand our system, our game plan, our philosophy, get better as well because they're going to get multiple touches on the court, right, during training time. And it we end off that with an inner club scrimmage, we call it. So our players uh, compete against each other and they're really fighting for the starting spot. That's what we, we, we finish off the training camp weekend with a, a scrimmage. Now, if you don't have the ability to do a three-day training camp, right, maybe you're on a budget high school team or whatever the case is, then make it a day, right? Get a Saturday or one day where it's just you and the team and structure it in a way where you can maximize that full day. Because I guarantee you, your team at the end of training camp is going to be a different team than the beginning. Significantly different. Not even a little bit. Like significantly different. Okay? And then when you start after training camp, that's when, you know, that's part of the preseason. Then we have scheduled matches with other schools. So you, if you're a club team, schedule matches with other club teams or, or other teams within your own club or adult leagues, or whatever it is, adult teams rather, whatever it is, schedule a preseason out so it's on the calendar and you know that you have upcoming games. And treat them like regular games. Do your scouting reports, do your film session meetings or whatever, however you structure your setup, treat it like a real game. And you you plan, you game plan, you go and you compete, you win or lose, you come back, you debrief, you have practices. So you're going through a season, Make sure that if you're, and here's something that I did too. Um, when I used, when I coached club and I invited teams to compete against us, I turned it into an event. I didn't want it just to be, um, you know, a, a quiet, you know, practice or where they, they come in and we just have like a nice quiet game. No, 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 no. I want to mimic as much as possible of what it's going to feel like in a game. I want the pressure. You know what? And this is a, this is, I can talk about this point a little bit more because when I want you to think about it, coaches, when you organize an exhibition game, right? Is this exhibition game a, like you know you just invite the team to come and it's just a quiet little scrimmage? Now that's okay because you're you're still gonna get to work on your your technical and tactics and all that stuff, but you you want to have the vision of creating a game like environment because that's not game like game like environment. You want the noise. You want the pressure. 
And that starts with inviting people to watch. Now, I mean, COVID, I understand COVID right now. So, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, this may not be possible, but you want to invite people to watch. And the more people, the better. Okay. The more people, the better. You want to have a ref. Now, you don't have to hire a ref, but get someone ahead of time that's going to ref it like a match. You were treating it like a match, okay? This is an exhibition game that you're treating like a match. It's not like, okay, well, well, you guys, we serve together. There's no ref. We make, we make, our, you know, we make our own calls. And no, 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 no. That's, that's ridiculous. You are making it like a game. I want the music before the game, you know, the music in the beginning while the teams are warming up, while the, while the uh, spectators are coming into the, to the arena, the gym, wherever to watch. Make sure you have seating for them. Okay. Make sure the benches are set up. Make sure you have a score table. I'm serious. Don't like don't say whatever. Uh, whoever keeps score keeps score. No, 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 no. Scores table with people. Now you don't have to necessarily fill out the game sheets and stuff like that. I mean, you can if you want. We do it because I, I take. Listen, I personally, as a coach, I take everything seriously. Like I want this to be as close to game like as possible. The referee calls your captains. You do the coin toss. You sign the score sheet. Everything like how you would in a real game. Right, we, I want it. We starting lineups, and if you have announcers, I want it. All right, I want the intensity. I want the pressure, and I want you to treat it like a real game. You know how many times I've seen coaches in exhibition games just sit back and let's see what happens, and then you know they they don't have a real plan. Now, if you want to have equal playing time because it's exhibition, that's okay, but make sure you're still coaching. And you're putting players in positions to be successful as if you had if you had the option, like in a game, like let's say, for example, you have a third string setter. Well, in your head, what situations would you need that third string setter to be put it in a game? Do that. I mean, yeah, you may have them play a little bit more than they would, but put them in situations that are actually legitimately going to happen in a game and then do that. All right. So you're creating an event. That is what you're doing. You are creating an event. And that's what, at our at our um, at the college level. When we have exhibition games, I want it just like a regular match, which means like the popcorn stand is out. You know, we have the we have red tape, which uh, we have like a the carpet, which where fans come in on, go into the thing. Like we have we have like a game. Our, our announcers are going in, our music's going in. Like we have it, and that's what I expect. I don't care at the import. I don't care if it doesn't count. Like that, that's what it is. So I've been kind of dwelling on this point for a, a little longer than I should. But that right there, coaches, when you talk about you're so good in practice and when it comes to a game, it's like a different, you know, it's a different team. It's because in practice, they're not training for, they're not put in the same environment that they would be in a game. So we, by having exhibition games like this, we can do that. All right. So I hope you look at your exhibition games completely different than what you were looking at before. Because based on the way I was describing, these are, and and I, when I when I went back to club, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still talking about this, but you know, back to club like college, yeah, we have the resources to do that. But even with club, you know, I still had uh, you know, we were in a we were in a gym like a, a regular school gym. I still invited people to come watch. I still made sure I had a ref. I still made sure the benches are nice for the teams. We had a scores table. We had music. We had the whole shebang. Like I had everything because I wanted it to be game like everything. Lines people, make sure there's lines people. Make sure it's set up like that as a game, and that's that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. And then the and as long as you have you know some fans that are making some noise and screaming and da da da, you're you're good to go. All right. Invite other teams to come watch the game, like in your club, right? If you have like a if you're a 16 team, invite the 15, 14, 7, whatever to uh, to join to watch the game. 
Okay, let's move on. I've been talking about that point for a while now. Okay, so we understand that games and practices are different. We talked about the preseason. So when you're done the preseason now, so imagine you have all your games, right? You had all your scheduled games. You treated it like real games. You did your debriefs, your game planning, whatever, whatever, all that stuff. You've gone through a month of this or six weeks of this. Now, when the real games start, imagine how much more prepared your team is going to be now. Think about all the experience they've just accumulated and all the emotions and, and, you know, and pressure and all that stuff that they've gone through. Now, when the real games that count start, they've already gone through a season by itself. So they're going to be so much more prepared when that time comes you know, for, uh, for that season. All right. So let's talk about a couple of things we can do as well to, you know, kind of get us away from, uh, you know, the, the struggles of practice to, to in games, or what if your team, you know, what if your team is on a losing streak? Cause that happens to you, right? Teams on a losing streak, you know, how to get out of a losing streak and stuff like that. So what we also do in practice, which I've done in the past, if we're, you know, we're struggling a bit, and we want to get that experience. Maybe, maybe we're on a losing streak or whatever. We can create mini tournaments within our team, like a mini, like a little a tournament bracket. Create that competitive edge. That create that those pressure situations. Right? We can still do that. So a simple way of doing that is is play two on two. Right. So you can have two on two. Um, two on two. You can uh, do like a like a tournament style, you know, like two on two and then you set it up into like pool play and, and then, and then playoffs and so forth. And you can do this, you know, the, for the first 15 minutes of practice or whatever the case is. And okay, we're going to go tournaments, go. And then they compete. If you have multiple courts, it's even better. If you have one court, you may want to split the one court up into two sections and have, you know, uh, eight players going at once and have some two on two battle. And that creates again. You're not. That's not going to translate necessarily to a game in terms of skill, but the pressure, the competitiveness, you know, all that stuff. That has that has merit. Believe it or not, that actually has merit. So you can do stuff like that. Another uh, tactic we've used is we've created um, more like a similar similar type of ideal in terms of practice, like creating that tournament, that uh, pressure in practice. We did, um, so we do at the beginning of the season, when we have our inter-club scrimmage, the coaches, so I'm fortunate enough to have four assistant coaches, uh, the two is, it'll be two assistant coaches versus two assistant coaches, and they draft players. So on, so let's say you have 12 players on a team, right? The coaches engage in a private draft, and they draft their players, and then they have a team of six, so it's six on six. And, and um, for us at training camp, the, the six on six battle it out for, you know, for the starting spot. Now we have more than 12 players. We have 17, but you get what I'm saying, right? So you have that and then they battle that out. And, and then I take, I take a step away. I actually ref that inner club scrimmage and the coaches have their players. They game strategy, they game plan, they do all that stuff and they battle it out against each other. And every year we have this at training camp. And I, I don't remember what the, what the scores between my coaches are, but I think they might be tied because every year we do this. So we, we have a, like an ongoing ranking system, but I think we might be tied, but what you, you can do, what we've done too uh, as well in the past is we do the same thing. Our coaches draft players and for that week, the entire week of practice, they're going at each other. So the coaches are game planning against the other teams. You know, the, co- the, the players are game and they're not like they stay, they don't stay away from each other, but they're on different teams for that week. So we took our, t- our roster, split it down the middle in terms of a draft and they battle it out against each other. And we treat that week like a tournament 
in a, in a way, like a, a week-long tournament. And that, again, is creating more pressure. It's creating more opportunity and practice for everyone to play as well, but for that pressure situation, because it counts. It's counting now. We're, we're making it count because like a little tournament, we're making it count. Uh, and then there's also game planning involved and stuff like that and, and really good strategy where the coaches can get involved too. It's actually really cool for my assistant coaches because they can grow as well and, and you know play around with certain things. So that is another really cool strategy that I like to use. So you have like a little draft inside for a week, stop, battle it out for one week and make sure you can do the same thing uh, at the beginning of, or at the end of training camp. All right, another uh, little bit of a twist to some drills that we've done is, you know, when we talk about high pressure situations, see in practice, it's very hard to, you know, replicate that because it's practice. The players know that it's practice. So what we do is in certain scrimmages, to try to create those high pressure moments and to try to value the points that you earn in practice. If you commit an error during a scrimmage, we minus a point. So like an unforced error will be minus one. So if you get a hitting error, you get minus from the overall score. Okay. If you got a serving error, minus the overall score, right? Things like that. So now the points now, well, for one, it takes a lot longer to finish a game, but the points become even more valuable because now by committing an error, you, you minus a point. Um, so you got to be very careful with that though, because at, at our level, our players understand that you are still trying to score. You're not trying to not commit an error because you, you, here's something important. You don't want your players to try not to, not to lose, right? There's a difference. There's a difference between playing to win and then playing not to lose. You do not want your players to start playing not to lose because then that's not competing and they are going to lose because they're in defense mode, not offense mode. You have to play to win. So our players know that. That's the expectation. So even if they make a hitting error, it was a hitting error because they were still swinging with a purpose. They weren't trying to take anything off because they were afraid to make an error. They were still swinging and if they made a mistake, they made a mistake and it's okay. It's just, you know, minus one point, get it back on the next one. So be very careful with your players if you're going to do the minus uh, points for errors because you don't want them to start playing not to lose. You don't want them to start, you know, lollipopping the ball over and not swinging as hard as they can because they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. So we don't want to foster bad technical habits because of, you know, the little modification in the game there. Okay. A um, couple more things you guys can do if you're on a losing streak. Uh, the a very very simple one that uh, people don't do, which it's because you know when you think when you're losing, you think, oh my god, I gotta practice more, I gotta practice more. Well, ironically, sometimes taking a step away from the game altogether is important. So we we had a rough patch a couple years ago where we lost, we were on a losing streak, and I canceled practice, and we went to an escape room, and we just did some team bonding stuff, team building stuff. Got away from the game, got away from the court. And we competed in another way. They had to figure out, you know, how to remember those escape rooms. I think I've talked about them on the pod before, where you you go into an escape, you go into a room, and you got to try to, you know, solve the clues to then find the next clue to then break out of the room. That's what it is. It's a really cool idea, actually. And you know, that's what that's what we've done. And then you know, eventually, when you, when you take it a step away from the game, when we got back on the court, it was it was a lot better. Right, just the just the the vibe with the team and the focus. It just they just need they needed that break. Um, but I, I'm now I'm not saying cancel practice and let them not do anything. I'm saying come off the court and do something as a team off. Whether that's team dinner, whether that's doing an excursion, whether that's like we did an escape room, you know, whatever it is, you want to take it away from the court. Okay. Uh, the other two things that these, these things kind of tie in is. 
you know, sometimes when teams are losing on that losing streak, it could be because of certain players. So what I would say is figure out what players that are struggling and, and honestly, just have a talk with them. Have a one-on-one. So them and, and the coaching staff just sit down, have a one-on-one with them. Because sometimes it's just, it could be a mind thing. It honestly just could be a mind thing. I'll tell you one story. I don't know if I've if I told this story on the the podcast before, um, but I want to say it again. So we were we were we were in a tournament. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't a tournament. We were playing in uh, in Ottawa. So for those of you that know, Ottawa is the capital city of Canada. We were we were out there playing, and our libero was a rookie libero at the time. I think our one of our our libero our, our starting libero got injured, so we had a rookie libero in there. And in practice, he was passing great. But when we put him in a game, he was he was really, really uh, struggling, really struggling. Uh, and we couldn't figure it out. So we had a one-on-one. That same night at the hotel, we had a one-on-one with him. So the coaches and him sat down. We're like, yo, what's going on? He's like, he's, he's really nervous. He's nervous. I'm like, what, what? you were great in practice. What's going on? He's like, well, I don't want to let the team down. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like, I, it's just there's something about it. I, just, I, I, can't, I can't figure it out. I don't understand. I'm trying. I just can't figure it out. And we we sat back and we're just like, why why are you why do you think you're so good in practice? Why do you think you're passing amazing in practice? Well, there's no pressure. I'm, I'm, it's fun. I'm having fun. I'm, and we're like, exactly. You're having fun. There's no pressure. You're having fun. So we told them, guess what? We're gonna take all the pressure off you. You can go out there and pass zeros, and we're gonna be okay as long as you have fun. You play this game for a reason. Sometimes you got to rem- remind your players. They play volleyball because it's fun. People play sports because it's fun. It's what they love to do. Competition. They love to compete. They love to win and get better and, wor- and work with a team. And, you know, they- they- that's what they love. They love the experience. So I'm like, don't let the pressure take that away from you. Of course there's pressure. But guess what? I'm telling you, if you shank every ball, you mess up every single ball, I'm okay. I want you to go out there and have fun. So... He said, okay. So he went out there. Uh, he passed really well the first ball. The second ball, he shanked. I looked at him like, okay, keep. I'm, I'm okay. Are you okay? He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, great. So you see, it's okay you made a mistake. That's fine. Let's just go have fun. And I, I, that's why I kept telling him like, hey, you having fun? Every single time he made a pass, you looked at him like, you having fun? He's like, all right. And then from that, mo- that moment for the rest of that game, he passed lights out. And, and the, the truth is, even if he didn't, I would have been okay with it. But he passed lights out because he was having fun. He was in a final, finally, he was in a state of relaxation and just enjoying the game. And he played much better. And I, we were so proud of him. And that was it. And what, what did it take? It took a simple one on one. It took a simple getting to understand and hear his problems. It took the coaches understanding that we're here for him, showing him support, and letting him go out there and telling them to have fun. That was it. And he was great. All right, so hopefully there's a little lesson in there for you guys. And then the last thing I'll talk about are team meetings. And I talked about in the past, team meetings are really important. A team meeting is just off the court. You know, you guys sit down and you, you guys just talk. So if you're in a rough patch with your team, just sit down, get a chair, make a circle, and just say, okay, guys, let's talk. Anybody want anything? Anything? Anyone have, have any concerns? Anybody want to share anything with the group? Let me know. Hey, guys, just talk. It's that simple. And our, our players love our team meetings. And you know, every team I've worked with that we have team meetings, it's great because it's an opportunity for the players to speak their mind, to get to know each other better, to talk to the coaches about concerns, to talk about the positives, the great things, um, to open up. Like, it's really great. 
and it brings the team closer together as well when you have those team meetings. So I hope I, you know, I could, I gave you guys a really great, I gave you guys a lot of things today. Normally, you know, a podcast, I should stick to like two or three, but you know, I always tell you guys, this podcast is about value. I want to give you value. I want to give you strategies. I want to give you tangible things you can take back and apply right away. You know, I, I'm not about those podcasts who are just trying to give you a, 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 a one random idea or two because they're afraid to, to give away their secrets. I will tell you everything that you need to know. The only difference is in a podcast, it's, it's, you know, it's just me telling my story or telling you guys these things. In, in Digital Volleyball Academy, my signature membership, I actually have a step-by-step plan and I show you guys and I work with you. I actually get to work with you and mentor you. So a little bit different there, um, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to give value. I'm trying to help you guys. That's what I'm trying to do. So let's do a little recap. So we talked about the preseason, okay, which is a season by itself. We talked about the difference between a game and a practice, mini tournaments in practice, uh, minusing points for areas for certain games, drafting players, teams against each other, creating the, a true exhibition game. Not a, not a little quiet, inviting a team to your practice to have a quiet game. No, a real true exhibition game. Uh, I, I talked about the drafting players. I talked about taking a step away from the game altogether, you know, one-on-ones and then team meetings. So there's a ton of strategies that you can apply when, and this is going to happen. You're going to have a point where you're, you may be on a losing streak. Well, 95% of you will, or the team is just struggling. Well, here's some strategies that you can use to get your team back on track and to make it again, more of an enjoyable experience for them instead of a struggling one. All right. The last thing I will leave you with is coaches. If you like what you heard today um, and you want to learn more, you want to work with me a little bit more, sign up for the waitlist for Digital Volleyball Academy. You can go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, sign up for the waitlist, and when doors open, I can't wait to welcome you. And really, I mean, today, these are these are just tips of the icebergs, coaches. Like I'm giving you guys uh, hopefully some value, but it's just it's just a tip of the iceberg. Wait till you see what we got for you guys inside Digital Volleyball Academy. Our coaches in there are crushing it. And it's great to see the progress that they're making because going at it alone is tough. You know, any like anything in life, if you're going at it alone, it's going to take you longer to get to the end result. It's gonna, like for you as a coach, it's going to take you longer to you know to grow and be that confident coach, ha- have that championship mentality, that culture. You know, knowing how to create that program, it's going to be tough. But if you join our community, where there is hundreds of coaches going along the same journey as you are, how many? How fast do you think you're going to pr- make progress? Not to mention the fact that you have me as well, who is going to help you along the way. Um, so I, I like to do it, man. I wish I had this when I was growing up as a young coach. So I just like to do this for coaches and you know work with you guys and help you guys as, as much as I can. All right. That's it for me, digitalvolleyballacademy.com for the wait list. I hope you guys got some value. If you did, please subscribe so you get up-to-date information about episodes as well as rate and review the pod. Let me know what you think so I can get ranked higher and reach more people. All right. That's it for me. Have a wonderful day and the rest of the week, and I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.